If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. If you have the same vision as International Horse College, which is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses, and the horses appreciate, respect and enjoy their people, then have a look at their website, internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. This is another of our popular listeners' choice interviews, which we're playing over the weekend. We've chosen the most popular interviews for you to select the Listener's Choice winner. If you're not sure how the Listener's Choice competition works, have a look at horsechats.com slash choice for the rules and the leaderboard. Our guest today is Angela Meertonen. She's a dressage show horse specialist and she teaches at her own centre and also teaches students with Down syndrome, those who are intellectually disabled, Asperger's and autism. How are you today, Angela? Very well, thank you. Good, good. Angela, I know you've got a favourite quote that I think would be a really good sign to have up, you know, and I might recommend that to one or two people that I help with their centres just to, um, but if you can tell us about that, about the quote you're going to introduce us to. Yeah, well, the first lesson that people have with us the first thing I tell them is that it's the rider's job to make the horse happy, not the other way around. So basically, if they ride well, the horse will go well, and we never blame the horse. It's always rider error if something does go wrong, and the horse will always tell you how to ride them. So once you get on the horse, you've got that first five, ten minutes to have that little discussion with the horse, find what works, do it all the time, and what doesn't work, you just don't do it again. So the horse will tell you. So yeah. That's yeah. something that works with us and I'm quite passionate about. And I just think it's a really good thing for people to learn when they first start off riding. You know, it's it's not the horse, it's just not a vehicle to take them around and entertain them. It exactly. really is a yes. partnership, two-way combination. Yeah. Yes, yes. Angela, can you remember the first time you had anything to do with horses? I do. I started riding when I was two, mm-hmm. two years of age. I was plonked on a horse pretty early. My children are the same. They all started riding at two years of age. I had a very naughty first pony called Chester. He's a Welsh mountain pony. He had every vice you could imagine. He would bite, he would kick, he would buck, and I really learnt how to ride and stay on, on that pony. I wouldn't recommend people buy that for their, their children as a first horse, but that's what I had, and I learned how to stay on him pretty quickly. Do you remember one particular day? Have you got that in your memory about what happened? Oh, probably the worst. I had the worst fall ever off that pony. Mm-hmm. Riding down the road, going home, and he bucked, and I went straight over his head and skidded along the road and looked up, and he was jumping over me as he oh, galloped no. home. Oh, no. That was probably my worst memory, but I toughed it out, and I rode. I got straight back on. I sprained my wrist. I think I had a bandage on my wrist, and I still got straight back on, and I just was determined to work him out and basically stay on. So I learned to sit back, and I think my dad even bought me a stock saddle to make sure I was a lot safer. And But I did learn how to ride a buck on that pony, and very early on. So that's probably my first memories of riding but every horse from then on was so easy compared to that one so in a way it taught me something valuable but I didn't lose confidence I just got stronger and tougher and and I was determined to work it out yeah yeah and did you get your kids some nice quiet ponies or did you get we did yeah (laughs) I would never have bought a pony like that no no (laughs) but it's funny with that pony we kept him for I think about seven years before I actually sold him myself so then I bought it Long, but it's certainly not what I recommend students their first horse should be something <laughs> nice and quiet and well educated, yes. 
Yeah, yeah. And now, were you always going to have a career with horses? Yes, definitely. That's what I've always wanted. Mm-hmm. And my first dressage coach, I remember his name was Martin Van Kempen. He was a qualified with the British Horse Society. Mm-hmm. He ran a property called uh, Sumraja Riding Instruction in Mildura, where I grew up. And I knew that was something I wanted to do. I watched and really admired what he did, working from home with his family, like I do with mine, and sort of steered me in the right direction of where I wanted to take my riding and definitely wanted to be a coach Mm, mm. um, and run my own centre one day, which is what I do now. Yep, yep. So if someone else wants to start with horses and have a career with horses, what sort of core skills do you think they need to have? I think initially all horse people need to be very focused, strong and determined. You really need to live and breathe horses. So it's something that you can't just do part-time on the side. I think you really have to make it your life. Train daily of lots of lessons and become qualified. If you want to give lessons, you really need to become a qualified coach. That's my advice. To attain that insurance as well as the recognition from the industry. Mm-hmm. But it takes a lot of commitment. Well, look, I think, you know, any qualification gives you a minimum level. You've got to know these things before you're qualified. You know, if you want to go up to the next level, then when people come in and don't know you, they say, right, well, I know that you've done the minimum level that you need to do for this level. Yeah, so it's not just being able to do it. And as you say, you know, if you've got some qualifications, insurance companies are far happier. Yeah. Okay, what's the best thing, do you think, about working in the horse industry? What I really love is I've been able to develop a business that I can work from home with my children. Mm-hmm. It's something that my older daughter, who's 19, now works full-time with me as well. She's obtaining her qualifications too. So it's really nice to watch her follow in my footsteps. We work together really well. And one day, you know, she may just take over this with her sister as well. So that's probably the biggest thing. It gives me the flexibility to be at home with my children and my horses. And there's yeah. just no better life. I'm really lucky. Yeah, yeah. So you really enjoy the lifestyle. That's right. Yeah. What about... People who've influenced you and helped you in your career. You talked about Martin Van Kempen, you know, sort of being that person who inspired you then. Yeah, but but who else has helped you? I've got a great coach, um, Grand Prix dressage rider Susan Alakesi, who runs Kellam Park Equestrian Centre Mm -hmm. just around the corner from me, actually. So we train with her weekly. We take our horses over there just to get that higher level education as well. So I've been very inspired by what she does too. She runs the property on her own as well. Uh, other than that, another coach we go to when we have the time is Les Friend, well-known Australian hat coach that we yep. also go to. Yeah. What about horses? You've got horses who have been influenced you in particular? Yes. The newest horse that I've taken on board in a show team is um, SLM Signature, otherwise known as Benny. I purchased him a year ago exactly at Canberra Royal Show when I went there to watch. I'd seen him advertised. I'd been looking for my next show horse, and I'd seen him advertised all year. Um, He was the ultimate dream horse for me. Mm -hmm. So he was on the top of the list of the horses I wanted to buy, and it was just whether I wanted to, (laughs) how much money I wanted to spend in the end. But I decided I made a goal for myself that if he was still for sale at Canberra Royal, I'd go there and have a look at him and have a ride, and I'd make an offer. So that actually worked out. So I got the, the horse of my dreams is, SLM signature, so I'm showing him at the moment and just bringing him along in the dressage as well. What makes him the horse of your dreams? Oh, if I could dream up my absolute beautiful horse to look mm-hmm. at, it would be Benny. Yep. But also the way he moves. He's a thoroughbred, but he moves like a warm blood. He's got everything I ever wanted. He's got the bling, his bay with a blaze and 
for white stockings and just looks very beautiful and, and beautiful to watch as well. His yeah. beautiful movements and education, everything I, I wanted wrapped up in one. Yeah, yeah, good. Do you think riding him is your proudest moment? Have you had, you know, a particular proudest moment or have there been a few there? Definitely showing him and the other horses I've had over the years. There's been many champions and wins that I look back on proudly, but I'd say on a personal level, probably I'm really proud of it, my qualification. So attaining my EA Level 1 certificate was probably my proudest moment ever. Mm-hmm. I think anyone who's done that will know that it's not easy <laughs> and it can take a long time. Mm-hmm. So I was over the moon when I got that qualification and I proudly framed my certificate and that's sitting up on the wall today to show everybody. Yeah. Do you think that's your biggest challenge to sort of reach that level, to become qualified as a coach, you know, because the qualifications really are important? That's right. But sometimes too, people that have been with horses for a long time, they think, oh yeah, well, I'll just go in there and get it and it'll be a piece of cake. But it really isn't. You've really got to be, you know, up to a certain level to be able then to, to go on and do things. So yes, has that been, been your biggest challenge or have there been others to have your own centre? Yeah, having my own writing centre, but needing the qualifications, just have the recognition and the endorsement. And also what I did from there was look for sponsors. So we've got great sponsors on board right now to okay, look really writing instruction. Yeah. Um, Horseland Canberra is sponsoring us, mm-hmm. the feed shed in Bungandore, which is nearby a big feed centre. Yep. I've also sponsored by Main Prize Vet Services and Southern Tablelands Equine Dentistry. Another one's called the Equine Touch, who do like massage and reiki on horses. So obtaining those sponsors as well, it's just real endorsement and for the centre, but also recognition of my skills and that people do believe in what I do. So I'm really proud of that. So when you approach the sponsors, do you approach them, they approach you? A bit of both. Mostly I approach them, yes. Just tell us a little bit more because listeners will be interested, you know, and, and some aren't ready to get their own sponsors yet. But those that are, if you can tell them a little bit more about, you know, what you do, what you say. I'd like to give people the confidence just to go out there and approach companies for sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Really believe in yourself and know that you can do it, that there yep. are people out there who will believe in what you do. If you're very passionate about what you're doing, it will work. And I always tell people that all you need to acquire sponsorship is just, you could ask 10 people, you only need one yes. Mm. That's how I looked at it. I would write it out and print up a nice email and take it out to the potential sponsors and you ask 10 people you just need that one yes and it will happen if you're really passionate about what you're doing and they will believe in you but Angela even if you ask 101 says yeah. yes you know what were you going right. to lose exactly. you know a few minutes of your time but then if you get the yes yeah yes now when you approach them do you say this is what I can offer you yes I do yep yep and what sort of things do you offer them well, for example, Horseland Canberra, um, obviously we can recommend that our new students buy their boots and helmets at Horseland and whatever other gear. Mm-hmm. They've been where we've bought all our equipment and riding gear over the years anyway. The feed shed, I cannot, I, you know, recommend that all our students buy their horse feed from there as well. So it's quite easy to offer things. We can hand out their brochures and business cards as well as yeah. they do the same for us yeah. in return. Yeah. All right, no, that's good. Now, I know that you teach a lot of people, you know, a lot of students that you have have got, I suppose, different abilities to normal. But what do you think if someone is becoming a coach, has got their own centre, how do you open it up that you've got a wider variety of clients? Are you approaching people? Are they approaching you? And as a coach, what sort of person or what sort of skills do you need to bring in to be able to teach such a wide variety of people? 
Well, I think if you're a qualified coach, like I said, that's really important. That will give you the foundation to teach anybody. So we are insured and qualified to teach anyone, whether they've got special needs or not, whether they're two years of age and just learning to sit up straight on the horse or the older people as well. So we have people of all ages here from two years right through to people in their 70s. So we don't discriminate against anybody. I don't mind if they've got special needs or not. Um, yeah, so we cater for everybody. So just making sure you've got that qualification. You can teach anyone anyway. Along the way, over the years, we've really developed a beautiful herd of horses who are absolutely bomb-proof and can carry anybody. So I think that's been good for our reputation in that people know when they come here, they're on a horse who's very well educated, but also absolutely quiet and safe for anybody. So I know that in my training of horses, I try to have a goal that in the end, they can be ridden by anyone. And I know that will then not only keep our students safe, but it gives the horse a really good future. So I know that if they one day weren't with me, although most of our horses are all forever horses, but if they were sold on, no one's going to get afraid of them and run them through the sales. So I know that the horse is going to have a good, safe future with mm. whoever they end up with down the line, if yep. they're well-educated and quiet. Yes. Yep, yep. Yeah, so so it really is important then to have those safe horses, you know, the ones that you sort of bring on. That's right. So I'm not just looking after the student, but I'm really making sure that horse is safe for its whole life as well. Yeah, yeah. And then do you have other instructors working for you? You've got your daughter there. Do you have any others? At the moment, it's just my daughter and I, and mm-hmm. we very much run this place together. I'm a single mum who's been through divorce over the years, but we're really proud that we can run this together and yeah. it's real girl power on board and <laughs> we have a lot of fun. Yep. <laughs> it can yep. be stressful at times too, but mostly it's just the best life in the world. And um, so, yeah, I'd like to encourage other women too that you can do it on your own as yep. well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, Angela, have you got a book that you can recommend for our listeners? Probably the best book I've ever read would be anything by Monty Roberts. Mm -hmm. I read his biography years ago. Just what I love about Monty is natural horsemanship in general, but uh, it allows you to really get inside the horse's head. So you learn to think like a horse. Like I said here, we have that policy that, you know, it's not the horse's fault. You've got to listen to the horse and ride well. It's also, we believe that you don't get mad at the horse for not acting like a person. So he's got to be allowed to be a horse. And if you recognise how they work as a herd, we very much run our school horses as a herd. You watch the herd mentality and you see how the horses work with their body language towards each other and all those little things. That's something you can pick up from Monty in reading his books. It's just that they're allowed to be a horse. It's okay. You can't get mad at them for behaving like a horse. Yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, that's good. something good to remember too. Yes. Now, Angela, what are you looking forward to at the moment? Probably just to keep keep competing as number one, but um, with the business, just to keep it growing, to give my children a really secure future and um, hopefully they can continue to work alongside me if that's what they want to do, just giving them that opportunity. So if they want to continue their working with their mother in the horse industry, that's great. If they want to go elsewhere, that's fine too, but at least to make sure Careerly Riding Instruction is that place where they can fall back on and have a really good, secure future with their careers here as well, yes. And I think not just for your daughters, but also for your students, because I think you really look out. Yeah. You know, you've said in during the interview that you're interested in the horses and giving them a long-term future, the students a long-term yeah. future, and your family a long-term future. So I that's think that's, right. that's good. Good. Yes. Okay. Now, what about your philosophy with horses? Do you want to sum that up in a few sentences? Philosophy with horses? Well, pretty much what I've already said, just really learning to listen to the horse. I believe every horse will tell you how to ride them. They'll tell you what they like, what they don't. You just only do what they like. Do what is working. Sometimes you see riders trotting, especially beginners who are going around the arena, and if they can't get the horse going, they're getting frustrated, but it's because they keep doing what didn't work the first time. 
So I always tell them just find what works, do it all the time. What doesn't work, change. Don't keep doing what doesn't work. So learning to listen to the horse. And some people don't have that natural feel. It's not really something you can teach. You have to either have it or you don't, but it will make take those people just that little bit longer to learn. Yeah. But if you just can quieten down and not interfere with how the horse is going and you learn to feel and listen, just listen to the horse. Yeah. And let yep. them be horses. It's quite okay. They're allowed to be a horse, not a person. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, Angela, how can people contact you? They can contact me mostly on my mobile number because I'm usually at the arena teaching or riding. That is 0416-335-217. Also on my email account, um, that's careerliariding at bigpond.com. All right. And, of course, we have our website, which is um, careerliariding.com.au. Okay, and those details, just in case you didn't have your pen, will be on horsechats.com slash... Angela Mertonen. Otherwise, just go to horsechats.com and search for Angela and you'll find that and you'll find all those contact details on Angela's page. Angela, thanks for talking to us today. Good to talk to you about your family and how you're training your horses, keeping your horses going and the students going and sort of looking at long-term futures for everyone. So thanks for talking to us today and hopefully we'll catch up again soon. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses, or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.